Well, Mary Alice, you know, we've been reading through the one-year Bible, and we've just gotten into the book of Numbers. And we're a few days behind because we had the conference in Charlotte, and we're catching up. But uh, we came across one of the biggest stories in the Old Testament, and I felt like it might be okay for us to spend a couple, two or three days on this story because it's so big. And it's when the Israelites get right up to the brink of going into the Promised Land, and then it all falls apart. You know, we you read from the book of Exodus how that God sent the plagues, got them out of Egypt, got them across the Red Sea, got them water from the rock, manna from heaven, and they get right up to the promised land, and then they send 12 spies over, and when the spies come back, 10 of them say, we can't take it, take the land, and two of them, Joshua and Caleb, say, let's do it, God is with us. And then, of course, what happens is they choke at that moment of destiny, and they have to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. That's the story in a thumbnail, but I'd like to just back up a little bit and look at a couple of elements of it. Uh, when you read it in the book of Numbers, it looks like God said, okay, send 12 spies over there. But what we learn from the book of Deuteronomy is that that was not God's perfect will for them. The people insisted on the spies and then God okayed it and, and allowed Moses to do it. So I want to go into the book of Deuteronomy, and you know how I love the book of Deuteronomy. Yeah, uh, what's so special about Deuteronomy is the 40 years of wandering are over, and now Moses is talking to the young generation that's going to go over and take the land, and they're going to have great faith and do it. So I think that's one reason why I just truly love the book of Deuteronomy. Well, two reasons. Number one, I love the, the excitement and the enthusiasm uh, with people obeying God. And then on top of that, New Spring tends to be a younger church sometimes. And we have a lot of kids, a lot of young adults and, and college students. And, and it just blesses me to see them be like the Deuteronomy generation, you know, who want to follow God. But let me just read a couple things to you. And I'd love to get your take on this. If you go to Deuteronomy chapter one, <laughs> this, this always gets my attention. Verse 2 says, normally it takes only 11 days to travel from Mount Sinai to Kadesh Barnea, going by the way of Mount Seir. So Kadesh Barnea is on the border. So normally it takes only 11 days to go from Sinai to the border. But verse 3 says, but 40 years after the Israelites left Egypt, they're going into the land. So I always uh, get stopped with that. Normally it just takes 11 days, but 40 years after... You know, Mary Alice, here's what I'd love to talk about for a few moments, especially get your take on, because, you know, my dad used to say, Mark, you can do this the easy way, or you can do it the hard yeah, way. Yeah. And to me, this whole thing is about being in God's will and being out of God's will. So would you talk about that for just a few moments? Um, because oftentimes people feel like, well, my plan is better than God's plan. But like it happened with the Israelites, it's, it's not better. Mm. Well, you know, I keep thinking about the current culture yeah. and so many things that God is very emphatic are, are the wrong way to live your life they won't help you you won't find joy there's going to be all kinds of problems and we have a whole uh, culture I don't think we can blame the whole generation but there is a a, a great um, number of those in the Christian culture who say well God didn't really mean that yeah you know God I just I love what you just said because you said they're in the Christian culture mm -hmm. these were God's people mm -hmm. and he didn't abandon them he kept working in their lives but they certainly went about it the hard way and you know so many times Christians like well I can do this and I'll still be God's child I can do this and God will forgive me but I wonder sometimes if we really take into account the difficulty of life when we insist on doing things our own way instead of God's way mm -hmm. I mean do you see that I mean well, you, know, we, you know we've talked about um, 
the deconstruction of faith. We talked about that a little bit. But you know what the modern Christian culture has done, besides just the fact that really what they're doing is questioning God, they've deconstructed the family. Yeah, there's well, no more marriage, or you don't have, uh, you don't have stable parents. You don't have. It's just they they've just totally wiped it out. Well, that's exactly what I was going to ask you about because I was going to ask you, do you see Christians doing things the hard way when it comes to the family? When and it look comes how to much marriage? heartache there is. Look how much heartache there is as a result of Christians following the culture around us, the pagan culture around us, and saying, well, they're doing it, so you know we can do it that way too, and God will understand. Oh, yeah, right. God will understand. We'll explain yeah. well, it. The problem is God does understand, mm -hmm, you know. Mm -hmm. um, we may get into this on Wednesday or Thursday, but what happens is when the Israelites refuse to go into the land and they choke at that moment of destiny, they start looking for somebody to blame. Of course. I mean, and, mm -hmm. and we, we've, we've read on, we see a little bit what happens afterwards. Mm -hmm. They're looking for somebody to blame when in reality it came down to the choice they made not to live life in the perfect will of God. You know, when you when you look at Numbers chapter 13, 14, that section in there, it looks like it's God's will for them to send spies mm -hmm. into the land. But when we get over to Deuteronomy and Moses is talking to the young generation, he's giving them the history on it. What Moses indicates, and we'll see this in the text, was it was not God's perfect will to send spies into the land. God had told them it was a good land. He had mm -hmm. said, go. Now, let's watch this. Uh, I'm in Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 20. Moses said, I said to you, you have now reached the hill country of the Amorites that the Lord our God is giving us. Look, exclamation point. He has placed the land in front of you. Go and occupy it as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you. Don't be afraid, exclamation point. Don't be discouraged, exclamation point. So Moses is saying, we're here. We're right on the border. Let's go. God said we could have it. Let's go take it, exclamation point. Next word, verse 22, but mm. you all came to me and said, first, let's send out scouts to explore the land for us. They will advise us on the best route to take and which towns we should enter. That's when the 12 spies got sent. Now, mm -hmm. there's a lot of lying going on here with the people because the people are basically saying, okay, we're good with that, but let's send some spies over there to see which route to go. But as we see from the rest of the story, it wasn't let's see which route to go. It was let's see if we want to go over mm -hmm. into the land. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was a kid, Mary Alice, <laughs> I used to hear preachers say, don't put a question mark where God puts a period. That's good advice. But I noticed God put three exclamation points there. So maybe the thing to say is don't put a question mark where God puts an exclamation, an exclamation point. point. And I think God puts an exclamation point by all his promises mm -hmm. and all his commands. Mm -hmm. So doesn't something go wrong when we begin to question God's word? Absolutely. And we think we have a better way. Yeah. And, and we think, well, God doesn't fully understand or I don't know. I, it's hard to understand why we would reason God out of the equation. But they did. They did. And they they basically wanted to test God's plan to see if it met their standard. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they basically said, we have a threshold of acceptance. And that goes back to what you were saying is after the fact, then they were looking for somebody to blame. And we see that in our current culture too. So mm -hmm. when things go wrong, okay, so when God says you shouldn't do it this way, it's going to be painful. And the people say, oh, but we're, we're, it's a new day. We're going to do it this way. And then when it turns out to be painful, well, it's your fault. And somehow it's God's fault. You know, I'm working on the series right now uh, that we start this next weekend 
called Clash of Dynasties Three: The Easter Prophecy. And so for one of the messages in the series, I, I found myself looking at some statistics on how many Americans have a biblical worldview. And mm -hmm. the Barna Group, which does uh, studies on um, American Christianity and American moral attitudes has determined that only 6% of Americans have a biblical worldview. Among millennials, and a lot of millennials are parents now, mm -hmm. among millennials only 2% of millennials have a biblical worldview. It's in spite of the fact that 60 some odd percent of Americans claim to be Christians. Christians. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when, when I was looking at what Barna classified as a biblical worldview, it's like the simplest things. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, what constitutes believers' baptism, because Christians can argue over that. It wasn't, you know, how you view eschatology. Mm -hmm. You know, the last days of Christians can differ about that. It's just the most basic things. Like is who the Bible, Jesus is. Yeah, who is Jesus? <laughs> is the Bible authoritative? Mm -hmm. You know, just very, very simple things. Is Jesus the way to heaven? And yet, only 6% of Americans have a biblical worldview, which tells me if 60 some odd percent believe they're Christians and only 6% agree with the very basics about the Bible, we have a whole generation of Christians that are asking the same question that the, basically the Satan asked Eve, has God really God said really this? Did God really say that? Yeah. yeah. Surely God didn't say that. Yeah, surely God that. didn't say this, yeah. 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 Well, we'll talk about this a little bit more tomorrow, but this is a really big story. And I think for all of us, starting with me, I want to make sure, and I know you want to make sure, that when God puts a period, we see a period. When God puts an exclamation point, we see an exclamation point. Mm -hmm. That's no place for a question mark. And as we saw, this cost the Israelites well, oh, 39 years and well, almost 40 years, you know, well, with the sure, exception of 11 days. That generation, it cost them what God had planned for them. Yeah. You and know, one more thing, and, and we'll leave this alone, but um, what delights me is the children of this generation, this generation of adults that put a question mark where God put an exclamation point. The next generation went ahead and put the exclamation they point there. They, they knew what it was like to wander in the wilderness for 40 mm -hmm. years. Mm. Well, we'll be back tomorrow, but before we go, uh, we need prayer, and I'm going to ask Mary Alice to pray for us. Oh, Father, thank you so much for loving us enough to give us direction when we need direction and for giving us um, the plan of how we can live this life to its fullest and in a way that's in a great relationship with you and with you leading us and guiding us. And Father, thank you for loving us, loving us enough to provide that for us. And I just pray that you'd help all of us especially those who are watching or listening today and giving this consideration. Help us, Father, to be clear on what you are directing us to do and not be, not let the culture and the world around us muddle that message and help us to clearly see when you are giving us clear direction to go forward and, and help us not to uh, put a question mark where you've made things very plain. And uh, for those who have wandered, I just pray that you would continue to pursue them with your love and draw them back in to your perfect will. And for all those that are watching and listening, Father, I know they're all facing challenges today, and I just pray that you'd be with each and every one. Draw them close to you. Wrap them in your arms of love. Help them to feel and know your presence. And we're going to thank you for all that you're going to do as we um, give you the glory and honor and praise today. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us today on Noah's Window. We'll be back tomorrow, and we'll talk about the same story just a little bit more. God bless. See you soon.